I believe everyone has a story to share. I'm on a journey to discover the magic inside each person's story. Each week, I will introduce you to guests where I will dig deep and uncover the beautiful miracles from life and experiences to inspire and encourage you to live life to the fullest. My goal is to give each guest a platform to share their lives with the world in hopes that someone will be inspired to take action and live life with passion and purpose. Welcome to the Uncover Your Magic podcast with me, Ashley Goner. Are you ready? Here we go. Welcome back to Uncover Your Magic. Today you are in for a real treat. Oh my gosh, this man that you get to meet today, I feel like was like an angel in my life when I learned about him. I listened to him on a podcast and I just knew right away I've got to find him and bring him on to the show and share his magic with you. His name is Roger Burnley. Oh, I love his life story. We have similarities, these parallels that we share in this episode. He's, gosh, I think he's in his 70s, his life experiences and what he's done. And, you know, I'm always, the reason why I love helping teenagers and, you know, guiding them to find their purpose and getting clear on goals and starting this world with opening their eyes to the gifts that they have and going down those yellow brick roads and picking up their breadcrumbs and having the confidence to do so is kind of what Roger does. He looks and he can see, it's just, I love it. <laughs> he can see their their light. And I, that's how I feel with when I work with these teenagers and parents. But when I can see their light and they haven't seen it before, and all of a sudden they start to uncover their beautiful light and magic, it lights me up more than anything. I really feel like, you know, this in my 50s, since I started helping these kids, it's proven to me that, you know, when you find your passion, you just, that's all you think about and all you want to do. And I live and breathe wanting to help these kids. And I, Roger's the same. And his story obviously is on a different journey, but very similar. And you'll see what I mean. But if I was going to read his bio, it says he is a mystic, a sage, and a spiritual channel. He has studied every aspect of personal and mindset development. He moved through every imaginable hardship and difficulty, turning that knowledge into a life-changing and transformational program. He says failure is not an option. If you were going to work with him, him guiding you, he just is this powerful, amazing man. And he even channels and we channel at the uh, at the end. And you'll understand how he discovered that he channels the name is Wilhelm and you'll understand where that name came from. We talk about that, but you are in for a treat this week because you're going to start following him as I have and, you know, going down the rabbit hole of Roger, but oh, he's just a neat man and his story is beautiful. But before we bring this man on, I want to thank you all for you know, all the reviews and subscribing and sharing this podcast. I've had so many people reaching out to me. It's just amazing. And the downloads and I would never have dreamed if I was to tell myself three years ago that this would be happening. I would never have believed it. But when you are consistent and you put something out every week and you love it so much, it's just like I am seeing the the fruit of my labor, <laughs> the beautiful gifts that this podcast has given me to meet these people and to expand myself and grow and constantly learning. And it just, it's people like Roger that ignite that in me and get me excited to find more people like Roger. But again, I just want to thank you. I hope you're enjoying this beautiful summer. The weather is beautiful now in San Diego and we are enjoying every minute be present, be love, and always look for the magic. Let's bring on Mr. Roger Burnley to the show. Welcome, Roger. Ashley, thank you so much. I First of all, I got to say, I'm so honored that you asked me to be on the show. So Really? 
Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I listen, you know, I kind of hide out. So when people say, wait, they're going to call me out and do something, I said, okay, no, I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. I listened to you on Next Level Soul right. with Alex, right? And I just, you resonated with me. And I just, right away, I'm going to ask Roger. And then you responded. I was so excited. So as I told you before we hit record, I've, I've been going down your rabbit hole and we all have our story. Mm-hmm. And yours is so fascinating of how people always say, you know, the struggles or the hardships and all those parts of their life that they can keep talking about and bringing it back up to the present moment when it's gone long ago, (laughs) but realizing that all of those are gifts and the breadcrumbs that lead you to the moment that you're in right now. So when I go back to your story and I see like the wake up calls, the almost the river with the ice, almost drowning the near death experience. But I want you to go back to kind of where you like as a child, so people can understand who you are now, because I've learned so much from you and from Wilhelm, who you channel, who we will at the end um, bring on, which I cannot wait, who makes me laugh, but just like you, this (laughs) sense of humor that you both have. Um, Where do you want to start with, like, kind of so people kind of get a background of where you kind of came through with all this, because it's so interesting. (laughs) We'll start in the beginning because I think so many people are having these moments of memory now of things that happened when they were children that they didn't completely understand. I had so many of those. And I even had misinterpretations, I might call them, of what was really going on. And um, one thing that happened, my mother worked when she when, when I was growing up quite young. And so we lived in a place where my grandmother, my great grandmother lived there as well in the next apartment. And so my great grandmother would take care of me and I became so attached to her. And she had this rocking chair that, um, that I would sit on her lap and we'd sit there and I became so attached. And then she died. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking as a, as a child, when something's taken away, you think, oh, no, now I'm kind of lost. And so I went into this place of being a little sad as a kid and just just feeling disconnected. And I carried this story around forever because I thought, oh, well, this happened because I lost my great-grandmother. And then during a channeling session, 40 years later, it comes out, no, that wasn't what happened. You heard us. You had a connection to your higher self. You thought it was your great-grandmother, but you just did that because that's easier. Many people do that. We will think it's this person or that thing happened when we're receiving communication because we all have it. I didn't trust it. Didn't know what it was. Right. Is she the Christian scientist? Yes. Okay. Okay. My great grandmother was not a Christian. This is interesting because we're going through a generational change now in our world and people will understand this, but my grandmother was a Christian scientist. My great grandmother, she came from a, a you know more traditional kind of uh, religion. I don't even know what it was, or some sort of Christian or Baptist, or what, I don't know. But my grandmother got into Christian science, which at that time was really different because there weren't a lot of black people who were doing this that we knew of. So I right. again felt sort of out of the box. And then because the religion itself was so different because we didn't go to doctors or do medications and all that because it was just about the mind. That's how Uh, I grew up. That's why I loved my mom's family is all Christian scientists. So uh, when you said that, I said, oh my gosh, (laughs) another connection. There'll be more, but that's another connection that we have. And then what? this is what happened though. This is what happened because I could watch my grandmother. She was, I never saw her sick. Well, right. she, I think one day in my life that I can remember that she was in the bed with a cold or something like that. But that was it. And the rest of it, she was fine. I am moving through my life and contracting every possible thing ever, having all these illnesses and this. And I said to her one day, why am I going through this? And why are you? you you're fine. I mean, I'm really having this conversation because I'm confused. And she <laughs> said to me, and I, and I never, I didn't understand it. She goes, you work to the level of your understanding. Hmm, wow. And I, and that was so wise. She knew that not everyone would be able to do what she was doing. We all have these, yeah. you know, 50 years. It took me to kind of figure this out. Right. Different level of consciousness. But when you reach one that she had, yeah, you could heal things. You could stay healthy. You could do all of that. 
didn't make sense to me um, back then. But that's that's where it started. But then I started to see that it showed up in my life later. Mm-hmm. Well, that's kind of how I, you know, mind. It's always been mind over matter. Yes. You know, and you know all the healing and and I know that was ingrained in me or like it's in my DNA. That's, you know, that, and yes, I know that's, that's yeah. why I'm so interested in this at this level of spirituality. I've I've been going deep since. I can remember being mm-hmm. that seeker of something, but I know that part of my background has something to do with that for some reason. Exactly. But then I went through, um, and maybe a lot of people went through this. When we went through COVID, when mm-hmm. we went through all of that, wow, was that challenging. <laughs> <laughs> it was challenging for me to explain because on one hand, I knew that certain people in the physical plane have need meditations because that's that's what we all did. I did as well earlier right. in my life. I did, used all sorts of things. But I also knew that some people weren't going to be able to do that. And so what can we do that's going to make it better for everyone? That's the kind of thing that I had to juggle. Because I remember my grandmother saying, you work to the level of your understanding. And if you can't do self-healing on your own, maybe you'll get some medical intervention. Maybe you'll get some other help. Because that's what you need. And as you develop in your consciousness, you can move beyond that, which is something I believe we're all coming to understand in our world, an up-leveling of consciousness where we can all heal naturally, which is how it was intended. (laughs) Yes, yes, exactly. So when you go back to who you are is like, you love to help people find their purpose. Mm -hmm. And that's me too. So my other parallel to you is I coach kids, teenagers and parents, because I have two daughters that because I've always been the seeker, I knew that I wanted to teach them their whole life of all the tools that I believe that are so important to know and have that clarity when they leave me (laughs) to go whatever they're going to go do. To just for me as a mom to have the confidence, because I didn't have that, like where you were were at too, like I was just drifting. I had sometimes I'd sit on the floor and do my taxes and I had probably a 10 W-2 forms, you know, like that's how many jobs I had in a year. But I just was like always searching. So I'm so passionate about helping kids really, really dive into what they love and Mm -hmm. like finding their passions. And even if it's not that, and it's not going to take them their whole life it's just realizing they can whatever you love like go do that right yeah well it took me my whole life so we can talk about this and I I just want to say it because I want people to understand this and I probably said it in one of my interviews I said wait a minute I I turned 70 or 71 or whatever it might have been and said oh I just found myself right (laughs) you know exactly I love it and so this is like you so this is why I am passionate about getting others to find themselves so they don't have to take as long as I did. They don't have to spend that time in like wandering around because I (laughs) I know everybody has it within them. We just, we just got to be guided. That's all. Yes. Okay. So talk about a few of the ones that, I mean, you were a vocal coach. I mean, talk about the I mean, that is fascinating to me. Like, <laughs> I, gotta, I mean, but explain it from the higher perspective. Like when you look back and you're like looking at your life and you yes. see why the things are all coming together. Yes. The vocal coaching was to show me what was possible. It was to take me out of, it was a string of events that it covered my entire life. And I just was I'm, I'm working with someone, they're, they're writing a book and I was just talking about this earlier. And when I was 12 years old, I'd moved to a new neighborhood and it was very different than where I had been before because I was had lived in a neighborhood that was mainly mostly black people. And now I'm in a neighborhood that's all white and Jewish. I mean, that's just makeup basically. And I'm like, where am I? And so it was a really this culture shock and I had to come into acceptance. And at 12 years old, we're always trying to come into acceptance of who we are in adolescence. So this made it a little more challenging. However, when I got to school, Eventually, when I got to the new school, I started becoming accepted and it was was different. So then when we were getting into the next year, because I was in seventh grade when I first got to the new school, but now we move into eighth grade and we're going to graduate. We have, for people in other countries may not get this, but we have the system where after eighth grade, we go to high school, basically. So we're getting ready to graduate eighth grade. And so we're going to do graduation ceremony and all of that. However, 
the choir director from the high school came to the school because they're always looking for the kids who are going to come and they're going to audition people. And he came and he talked to me, I thought, and I think he said, your voice is too high. Hmm. I go, what? And I, I mean, <laughs> I don't know what that was, but it just felt like the message that I received was something's wrong with your voice. Something's wrong with you. That's how I internalized it. Mm -hmm. And so that never went away because, see, earlier on, I had just discovered that maybe I could sing. Other people told me that. I didn't know. And so I said, well, I'm going to pursue it. Let me just see. So when I went to high school, I graduated grade school, we go to high school. And then the same choir director was there. And I didn't know if he was going to be the director of the boys choir, because that's what I was going into. But he was. He, he was directing all the choirs. And he didn't say anything to me about my voice being weird. Where did that believe? How did I hear that? Right. And so there was something in my consciousness that caused me to accept that belief. Now, because it was so, it was there, I kept thinking, well, maybe it's real. Maybe it's something. And then I had, this is the most craziest thing. This guy, the director, he saw something else and he's pushing me the entire time. Mm -hmm. Why is this? What you, I thought, aren't you the guy who told me something was wrong with me? No, he kept seeing something else. And so my freshman year, I'm in voice choir, and that was great. Then my sophomore year, he says, oh, I want you to move to um, junior a cappella choir. I go, wait a minute, that's supposed to be for the juniors. He wanted me in there. Then in my sophomore year, he said, I want you to move to the senior a cappella choir. But why are you doing? And then he would have me sing different parts. I go, hmm. this is crazy. Then when I got to um, graduation in eight and um, in my senior year, he said, I want you to go to the all city chorus. I lived in Chicago at the time. And so this was a choir made up of all the best singers around. Oh, from, wow. from the, I, I said, I'm not supposed to be there. I'm terrible. This is just, again, the old programming that I believe, even though, Ashley, the guy is telling me I have this stuff. I couldn't break through that resist, that initial belief that was there. So then I left it for a while. I, I did the choir. <laughs> I did the All City Choir thing. I wouldn't get up to go. I was I was so terrified. My mother would have to get me out of bed to even get to the rehearsals because <laughs> they were on Saturday mornings. But then I, and then I just left it all. I went on. I went on to college. I still sang in college and choir, but didn't think about doing anything professional with it. But it was always there. I did all, I moved to New York. I did all these things and it was always there. I get to New York. And I said, oh, well, maybe I should sing again. And so I just, I hide, because you in New York, you've got to do all the arts and that. And so I got, found a vocal coach. Same thing happened. He's pushing me to go do Broadway. And I go, no, I can't do that. I'm not good enough. I don't know. This, it just stayed there. Yeah. And it's all in my consciousness. But I left that went on to do all these other careers. Then when I turned 38, <laughs> 40 or somewhere in there, I said, okay, I'm going to, oh no, I was 38. Yeah. I had gone back to another coach. I found this other coach that I was going to, because I wasn't doing singing or anything. Right. And then he says to me, same, same thing. He goes, I need you to coach. I go, I can't do that. <laughs> I'm terrible. <laughs> I'm the kid who, who could, I'm the kid who, who had a strange voice. Right. And he says, no, he goes, you know more than anyone who would ever come to you. And he goes, and then what's going to happen? He goes, when I, I got all of my work from my coach in New York, I took everything that he'd given me. And then I took it and put my spin on it. And then that's what I use. He goes, you will do the same thing and you will be better than me one day. Wow. And what he was saying, he was talking about evolution. How we take things from everybody else, but we're supposed to develop and put ourselves into it and create something new to bring into the world. Mm. So I said, okay, let me try. I started, but then the funny thing was I had to lie to him <laughs> for a while <laughs> because he I didn't know how I didn't know music. I had tried for years and years, even with my mother. She was she played piano, she was trying to teach me piano. My brain just wouldn't accept that. I just couldn't do it. And so he says, well, you just have to learn the scales. You have to do all of that. I said, okay, I'll try that. Didn't, never did it. I cheated. I found, some, I, I found someone else to come and play all the scales for me. So I developed, a new, I developed a new system that a lot of people are using to this day now huh. because I couldn't, because I didn't have this ability. So I played exercise tracks on a, on a tape. 
And that's what I use. And then it, it just kind of grew from that. Now take it to, so I kept developing this practice and I started working with people. My coach was right. I knew more than the people were coming to me. Then I started building. I started getting some famous people. But how was that? Well, actually, I created a couple of them. I know. Tell yeah. us, because I heard that on the Alex's podcast. <laughs> well, I was like, well, what? The, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there were just so many that, I, that I've worked with. But there was um, the very first person that people might know now was Macy Gray. You know, she came to me when she was in college. And again, she was going to college for something completely different. She was going, um, she was in the film department, the film school. That's what she thought she was going to do. Hmm. And then, but other people saw her writing ability because she would write poems and prose. And they said, you should put this to music. Yeah. But then they told her, your voice is terrible, though. So you need to find a oh, coach. Wow. So that's how she got to me. But the same thing. When she came, she had all this resistance. She didn't believe it. And she like I'm seeing myself yes. reflected right. in, in this. And, and because she would make excuses, she wouldn't show up and all of that. But she finally, she got it done. And then the funny thing was, and I hope people get this. Now, then I lost touch with her. I never, I didn't see anything for years. And then, because then what happened was people kept talking about Macy Gray. I didn't know who that was. You see, the person who came to me when she was in college was Natalie McIntyre. So I didn't Uh. know who Macy Gray was. And so all these people were talking about it. And then I heard one day that she was going to be on the Rosie O'Donnell show. So I said, oh, I should see who these people are talking about. And actually, it's sad. Oh, no way. <laughs> yes. I, I saw her come out and I fell off my sofa oh, because I, I was just so shocked. <laughs> then, wow, I love and that. Then, and, then, and, then she, and then the rest of it. And then she called me, you know, a little while later because, and this is the other thing. I want people to really get it. She called me a little while later, I don't know, a few months or a year or so, because she had been on tour um, this time. But she didn't need help from me at this time. She needed, she wanted me to coach her backup singers because they, <laughs> they had been traveling Europe and their voices were trashed. And oh, so she funny. needed them all, three of them. So they all came to me so I could repair their voices. Oh, wow. That's, oh, yeah. I love that. And then that. there was so, and then I started getting all these other folks I call I and then I was coaching the the sons and daughters of all the rich and famous, which was crazy. I still have next week James um, Mel Torme. If you remember. oh my gosh, yeah, I, his son James Torme. I still coach. I'm, he has a show coming up, so I had you know I had all of these people who were a group of a uh, one famous rock band from the others. I had so many of them that came to me at one time. Um, I had Nona Gay, who was Marvin Gaye's daughter got her a record deal when she was 15. Then I had Brandy who came to me when she was 12. She got her first record deal at 15 as well. Jeez. Yeah, I had Roger. all these people and it just kept coming. But then I then it, then it changed. Right. And the automatic writing is what changed, right? Isn't that where I had started No, I was hiding all that, Ashley. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that started in 1988 when I first started coaching because I was so freaked out. I didn't think I could do this. And so I needed help. So I said, I read an article about automatic writing. This guy was going through this big change in his life and he was a business. And he said he started doing this and started receiving information and it helped him. Go, oh, okay. I'm desperate. I'll do anything. Right. <laughs> so, and I had been meditating a bit. You know, I had done some other things. So I said, let me start. I did this for several days, sitting down in my meditation. The only thing I changed was that I went to a table because usually I would sit on my sofa and just meditate. But now I said, I'm going to do the writing. So I'm going to sit at my desk and my, my dining room table is what I did and see what happens. For several days, I had the paper there. Nothing came through. Mm-hmm. Then one day, it felt like literally, it felt like something just took over my hand and I'm writing things and I go, this is weird. And I had this connection to what I was hearing and it frightened me. And I said, who's speaking to me? We all have this. We all have something speaking to us. But I said, and then I heard, is this another part? This is another part of you. It's your higher self or whatever you want to call us. But if that makes you uncomfortable, because it did, because I wasn't going to tell anyone, I said, <laughs> you can call us whatever you like. And then Wilhelm came out of my mouth. I could never have told you, why would I have that name? Right. I'm not German. I'm not, <laughs> I didn't right. know that, huh. you know? 
And I didn't make that connection until decades later, why that name right. came to me. Huh, well, I want to break in there for a second. So I, part of my morning routine for as long as I can remember, I automatic write. Mm. And it's getting to where when I'm listening to you explain your automatic writing and how mm. it evolved and how it's come to channeling. And and it's where I go back and I do read and I don't know the words. <laughs> that wouldn't have been my vocabulary, yes, you know? Yes, yes, And so Ugh. it's almost now like I... It's they're my friend. Like I would be missing them if I didn't yes. write every morning. It's yes. that feeling of emptiness or something. I can't explain it. Is that yes. what you feel? I talked about this. I'm so glad you said that because I got to the place. In the first, it was, you know, uncomfortable. And I didn't want anybody to know what I was doing because it was private and all that. But something said to save them. So I saved all, everything that I would write. But then I started seeing the results. And like you, I didn't, I wouldn't leave my house unless I could do this, unless I could sit and meditate and do my writing. And I, because I also knew that when I did it, no matter what was going on before, how I felt, I would get some information that would cause me to feel better. Now I could start my day in a different way. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I mean, I almost get tears when you said that because it is that way. It's a comfort. It's a knowing and it's, it's there to like, for me, it's saying, yes, this is the right thing. This is yes. where you're going. This is confirmation. Yes. You know, it's so, yeah. It's a, and you feel it in your body because it's this kind of peace or calm or, yes. or clarity that, oh, for that, that sure. comes in. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Okay. So you saved them all and mm-hmm. someone found them. And- well, yeah, <laughs> I was, I was, I was clumsy. I was, I was at my office at this time and because I would always write them in, you know, in, in longhand. That's how I did it all in the beginning. And this one message was sitting on my desk. And somebody came into my office and they picked it up and they read it. And I said, wow, who wrote this? And I said, oh, <laughs> I had to explain. It, it, I did. Uh, some, I couldn't because I couldn't explain how it was there. But they said, I said, wow, this really helps me. And I said, well, yeah, I do it every day. And they said, well, could you send them to me if you do that? Because this is really helping me. And I said, okay, fine. And so I did that. And then a few other people, and then somebody else found out about it. And they, they asked. And this at this time, so everybody who's maybe younger people will understand this, but I was on AOL then. That was my... <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny. <laughs> that was what, that's what I had. And right. so I just made an AOL little group list. And so every day I would just send the messages to these few people who would ask for them. And then it just kind of kept growing. I was always resistant. I never wanted to go further than just that. But then someone said, no, this is ridiculous. Create a website. I didn't want to do that either. And I'm not a tech person. I don't know how to do any of that. But one guy came along and said, I'll just create it for you. I'll just do it because you need to publish these. I was always being pushed. And I talk about this because I think sometimes people get down on themselves when they have to get help, like, you know, when they have to go to coaches or get guidance or something like that. No, we all need that because right. we, we got to, we just got to have that extra support and push. And so I, and I needed that every step of the way. It, even circumstances seemed to push me, even when I wasn't doing it myself, you right. know, and, um, and that's how it, that's how it started. But I never would have done the channeling. I wouldn't have done that live. I started allowing the speaking to come through in about 2015, I think somewhere in there. And it would just come to me and I pick up my phone and my recorder and just record whatever I was hearing. That's that's just how it started. But then in, in later, when I knew what was happening, where I was changing, I said, okay. Well, my guide said to me, okay, you have to start talking because we have too much to say. <laughs> oh, wow. Huh. Well, isn't there some, uh, you met somebody um, that was, had the Edgar Casey books. So you kind of understood uh, that I, is what he. I, but see, I'm so glad you mentioned that. How did you find that? That's crazy. <laughs> I, I told you I went down your rabbit hole. <laughs> I, when I mean that, I mean it. <laughs> when I was, uh, how old was I? I was. I was coming out of high school and I had these great friends. I was living in Chicago then. And we worked at the Museum of Science and Industry in Chicago, which was great. It was a great job because we would do it in the summer or after school whenever we or weekends when we were in school. And so this one family I became very close with. And I so I would go and hang out with them. Mary Eileen and Jean Marie, <laughs> Those <are> the two, <laughs> they, they were sisters. And so they both worked at the museum and their parents had these Edgar Casey books there. 
and they would be talking about this. And there was a part of me that kind of kind of seemed like, oh, I guess I'm exposed to this for a reason. Didn't understand it, never read them, never went into it. But it was just that it was introduced to me right. at that young age. Didn't come to understand why that was important until mm-hmm. many, many decades later. You know, I look back when you were talking about that and that when it was a podcast I was listening to and it made me realize, like reflect on my life when the books that would come into my life, Course in Miracles or the Seth books. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm sure when I read them, then I would read them now in a whole different level. Right. I mean, but, you know, they're being placed. Wayne Dyer, all these books, yes. Eckhart Tolle, you know, yes. all the books that are just kind of coming to me. Right. And I really don't know the significance or why, but it wasn't where I was searching. It was almost like, you know, they say you go to the bookstore and they're falling off the shelf or the book you were supposed to read. It, I mean, it, it was that way. Like I just kept getting these books and I can go right. on my bookshelf now and, and look at them going, wow, I was reading like all that, you know, Brian Weiss, many lives, many masters. I was probably, you know, so young, but didn't yes. get it you know, probably, you know, to the extent, but they're all, there's like these little breadcrumbs, right? Yes. Uh, I'm going to tell you another. I'm so glad you said that. I would not get a lot of stuff because I would run from it. I'm just being very clear. Oh, funny. <laughs> just kind of, we're, let's put on the blinders so we don't see what's going on. My nephew, who's 23 years younger than I am, he um, told me one day, this was probably about, uh, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, I think something like that. He says, remember the book I gave you? I go, no, I don't know what you're talking about. He said, I gave you a book on angels. I go, what? That doesn't make any sense. Because see, he saw something. He's so aware. He's so, and it's just really fascinating. That's why the age doesn't matter about any of this. But he was so aware. So he gave me this book at one time. And I had no memory of that. And so I go, I said, well, let me, he said he did this. So I believe him. I went to my bookcase, took my phone. So with my flashlight, so I could go through all the titles, so I could see <laughs> right. if I could find this book he was talking about. I finally did. And it was this little, it was a paperback, so it wasn't very large. It didn't stand out with the other books. It was shoved back in my bookcase. I thought, oh, pulled it out. I go in my living room and I sit down and I open it up and I start to read it and I burst out in tears. Wow. The hmm. recognition was so clear of what I was here to do and who I was. And I was running. I w- didn't want to see it. Didn't want to know. Didn't want to accept. Explain that. that. Go a little deeper there. I knew that I had these feelings that I was receiving information, that I was this empathic person, that I cared about people. I was always doing all of these things. But to put that in some term that I would have judged as being silly, as being ridiculous, an angel? What the heck is that? Right. Who is that? That's what I did. And except when I read that book, and it was on Doreen Virtue. Was, oh, it was yeah. Her, yeah. I have that book. Her, yeah. <laughs> and then I said, oh, wow. Okay. And it was the confirmation again that comes up when we read something like that. Like you're saying, finding all the books that would have come across your path that you started to see why they were there. That's what we all do, except if you're me, when you're running from it and you don't want to see them. Right. <laughs> oh, funny. When you were in New York and you had the salon, you were like a the manager and you didn't know why it was the most successful. So I have a parallel to that life mm-hmm. that I wanted to share. But will you start that ex- explanation? Because it was saying something about, because you're talking so much about finding your purpose mm-hmm. and you were like searching for that. Mm-hmm. And you fell into this job and you didn't know why it was the most successful. This is, uh, you're so good. This is great. Uh, you did. You did. You, you went down the rabbit hole. That's for sure. <laughs> but, I, but this caught me because I want to share with you my experience too yeah. with this. I did crazy stuff. I left college just like in the middle of a semester. I said, I didn't want to do this. And I took a job being an accountant for four years. I thought, oh, I didn't want to do that either. Until they said, wait a minute, you need to get a college degree for what the work that you're doing. Even though I'm doing the work, they said, you should have, no one's had this, done this work without a college degree. So they wanted me to go back to school at night to get a degree. I said, I don't want to do that. And so this friend said, I, I've got a job. My sister is going to be leaving. We need someone. And this was at a beauty salon, a high-end beauty salon in Chicago. It was in a department store called Bonwit Teller at that time. Um, which was kind of like Saks Fifth Avenue, if people okay. can think of that. 
Um, so it was a big deal. So I said, okay, great. I'll take that. He says, don't worry. My sister's going to be leaving, moving to Florida, but she'll train you. So you'll understand everything. Piece of cake. I get there. Day two, she has to go in the hospital. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and she's not coming back. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm this kid, basically. I don't know what the heck I'm doing. And now I have all this responsibility and I have a staff of 35 people. Oh, wow. I go, what What am I going to do? And so I started, I said, I'm really kind of freaked out. And then I could feel the people, some of the people who work there had been there for years, like 20, 30 years or whatever, they had worked there. And so they're seeing this kid coming in that's going to tell them what to do and try to, and who doesn't know anything about the business even, it was <laughs> horrible. So I go, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And so I said, okay, let's have meetings. So I started calling the staff together. Let's have a staff meeting. What do you guys need? What do you want? What's going on? I mean, tell me everything. And they started it, They started breaking down because they said, no one's ever asked us that. Huh. Nobody did that. And then because I was so insecure, I started doing something else. I would, um, when someone would come in, walk through the door, I would ask their name, first of all. And then I made a point of trying to remember and so then when they kept coming in, I would I could greet them. And they go, right. oh, wow, you remember you remember me? Yes, I do. That's what happened. So then um, the salon that I worked for was a part of a big company. They had 500 salons all over the country. And so what they started noticing is that mine was doing the best and making the most money after all this time. And they wanted to know what I was doing. I said, I don't know. <laughs> so <laughs> they kept bringing me, they would fly me from Chicago to New York to ask me these questions. And, and then this one lady that was over me, the, the assistant by president, she was just really upset with me because she said, why are they calling you in here? We know what to do. I said, I, I don't know. This happened three times that they kept flying me back and forth to, to New York. I mean, yeah, from Chicago. And I could never have told them what I had, what I was doing. It right. wasn't until years later that I realized that what I was doing, relying, because I didn't know anything, I had to just rely on just being me, right. just being uh, open, just being gracious, just being helpful in what, because that's all I've always been. And that's what made the difference. Yeah. But it took me years before I ever put that together and figured out that's what was happening. Well, you did that for me because I started a day spa, Roger, with nothing, uh, uh, just a with nothing. Fake it till you make it. I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. Zero. <laughs> I've never probably had a facial maybe twice in my life at the moment. <laughs> like it was just a, kind of like if you look back and say what was going through Ashley's head, it would have been like she's l losing it. Mm -hmm. But it was that when you're explaining that story, because I didn't know what I was doing. It really was fake it till you make it. I, I was just like, this is I've got to figure out how to make this work. <laughs> And I would, I would never let anyone work the front desk. It would be me because it was ah, my, yeah. yes. my thing. Right. Yeah. And it was, I knew everyone's story and it was sincere because that's just me. I yes. really yes. Am, am deeply involved in everyone's life. So right. I built it, you know, yeah. it's like that we build it, they will come. Right. And I didn't, I just had that knowing in me, like, but I didn't know until you were explaining that light when I, mean, I did, but it was like, yeah, I just, I didn't know what I was doing. I just knew I only had me to do it, like, with whatever. No, you have to, listen, I only figured, I didn't figure that out for decades. <laughs> so that's why I tell the story, because I had no clue. I could never have given them that answer. And then even when the next thing happened, they moved me to New York eventually. That was the other part of it, because there was this big stylist in New York who would come and saw what I was doing in the salon. And he said, well, I have to have you because now they were going moving. He was taking over the salon at the Plaza Hotel in New York, which oh, wow. was a big deal. Right. And so they were renovating and they wanted me there. And so they moved me to New York. That's how I got there. I didn't stay with him, but anyway, that's, that is what got me to New York. Okay, we need to talk about, <laughs> I, I, it was so, I love your story so much. So I did spend half of our interview on that, but I, I do want to start talking about when you are finally opening up, you're channeling Wilhelm, mm -hmm. you're getting messages that are, you're seeing things that are 
coming. He's giving you these insights. You're helping people. You created this business with these programs. You're helping people discover their purpose, like fell into something that now it's like, okay, Roger, here we go. I don't care how old I am. This is what's coming. (laughs) I can explain this. I was doing all kinds of other things, but I knew I was being moved in another direction. So when I took the singing thing, the thing that I thought I couldn't do, (laughs) that was so terrible. In 2009, someone contacted me and claimed, let me go back. In 2008, I had this big business I was trying to create, or 2007, I think I started it. And it was huge. It was this big entertainment complex, and it was in Hollywood. And I was going to do all of this. And then the next year, the Great Recession happens. Right. I lost everything that I owned in my life, all the money, everything. I mean, I had invested $144,000 into putting into this place and then everything was gone. Oh my gosh. And I had nothing. And I was trying to hang on to this place forever. I sold everything. I did it because I needed to keep it going because it was, I was responsible for these other people who were there. This is all the stuff I'm, I'm going with. And so then at some point it just ended. There was nothing else I could do. I had to move in with my brother because I had no money. I had nothing left. Um, But just before that, some person contacted me and said they wanted to do a business with me uh, about singing. And there was so much stuff going on at that time and people scamming things. And I thought, this is just a scam. This is just somebody else because I'm desperate and trying to figure out something. That's why they're coming to me. Right. And then um, I didn't hear from him for a while after he made this kind of initial contact. But then he came back. And told me, oh, I'm so sorry. I had swine flu. That's why you haven't heard from me. Oh, jeez. <laughs> but he was real. And okay. so then we said, okay, you know, he explained to me what he wanted to do. He had done marketing for this other person down in Nashville. And he had done really well. So he'd learned all this marketing. But he wanted something now where he could make it a bigger business and where he could have better partnership. And so I said, well, I have nothing. So I'm open. <laughs> and right. so then... He, we made an agreement that he would do, he said he just loved all the stuff that I was doing. He found me on YouTube or something, I'm not sure. But he said, I'll do all the marketing and promotion and, and do the infrastructure and all that. All you have to do is create the program, create the information and coach and work with people. That That's it. And he goes, and you might become an internet celebrity. I hope that's okay for you. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, this was like, I took this with a grain of salt when he said it to me. But then he was right, because after a while, I started seeing when we released this thing, people were starting to know know who I was. Because what he did, he had this marketing plan. He says, all I want you to do is create some little videos, and you're going to put them out on the internet, just going to give away your best stuff. And I'm thinking, why would I do that? Why would anyone buy something from me if I'm giving away all of my best stuff? He says, no, there's going to be more. If you're giving away your best stuff, they know that you have more, and then they're going Mm -hmm. to come to you. And that's what's going to happen. Hmm. We didn't even have the program yet. I didn't have, hadn't even created the program because then in October of that year, I said, okay, well, I guess I got to create something now. And so I spent these days shooting it and we had to edit, put it all together. And then we were doing a different thing then where we had to do fulfillment. We had a company that was, because we were using actual DVDs and CDs. That's what we were sending out then. And so we knew how much money we had spent leading up to this launch. And so we did the launch in December of uh, 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 2009. And then in January, after two days of it being released, we were in profit. And people said, that doesn't happen. No. And then it just kept going and it just kept building. And I go, this is crazy. (laughs) But then I did other things too. I said, oh, okay. And then people started having questions and I go, okay, well, this is too much work. Let me see. So then I kept redoing it because I get crazy. I said, I don't want people to have questions. I want them to understand everything. So I did two two more versions because what I wanted to do, I took all the questions that people would come up with and I put them into the new work. I added some more stuff so that I could answer, address those questions so they would have the best product. And I stopped getting questions. Then my partner told me at one point, you don't, this is after a few years, he goes, you know, we've made more than a million dollars selling this program. I go, what? That made no sense (laughs) to me because I wasn't looking at that. I wasn't looking at, I wasn't, I wasn't looking at the money. I was just doing what 
what what came to me and I was enjoying working with people. It was just all of that. Hmm. Um, but then I knew I had to change. Right. <laughs> right. But, you know, when you think of that coming into your life and always being provided for, and I know that people go through stress and bankruptcy 2008 all the things right but we always know that if it'll, there's it'll all be taken care of exactly yeah and for me it was and this is what I tried to tell everyone because I've experienced it so much that there's some place within each of us that is our sweet spot as I like to call it what we're meant what we were brought to the earth to do I know that everyone has that Right. And the reason I'm so passionate about it is because I didn't believe that about myself. Right. And I get that too, because I can see that. And where I just found at 51 doing this podcast, I didn't, you know, it was one of those same things. Like someone's telling me to do a podcast and I was like, what? Like, <laughs> what is that? Like, I don't even know if I've ever listened to one, <laughs> let alone do one. Right. Yeah. And it's as a mom, mm-hmm. Roger, it's like when I'm listening to you talk about pulling that I love these kids that I work with and I can pull it out of them. And it's, mm-hmm. there's definitely the money thing is like, oh, you just line up out, out of my door and I'll sit there and pull that out. Cause I right. love that more than anything. Right. And I know that that's inside of me, but I didn't figure that out until I had to say yes to a podcast. It had to hit the quarantine. Uh, my kids had to stay home. All the other kids were struggling. They were listening to my podcast. The moms are reaching out to me, please help my kid. And I'm like, what? Like, yeah. what are you talking about? And then I just kept going. Yeah. And you know, when you just, so you explain, you don't have children. No. Mm-mm. As a parent these days, you know, and like, well, all the distractions, all the the stuff that we're, I'm parenting with. <laughs> and I really work with my girls like this. One's going to be a senior next year. And One's going to be in ninth grade and we're getting to that place where, you know, decisions of future and finding the passions. But you have this tech, you have something in you that you can, you have that too, where you, you pull that out. Yes. Kids and people, adults. (laughs) And you know what it is? What? Doing exactly what I did when I started writing, because what would happen is, I want people to understand this. I, I just asked the right questions, because I believe that we all have this innate knowing. It's just within us. It's just been blocked because of what we've lived, what we've been taught, what we might have even experienced, especially if we screwed up something or had a failure. Oh, well, that's just a mess. No, it's just that's just what we're doing in our consciousness, you know, but it took me so long to understand that. And I had to experience every roadblock and every difficulty before I would finally start moving in the direction of what I felt and knew that I was meant to do. And I see that with so many people. I'll tell you a story. And I I love this one so much because it took me forever to figure it out. I had this guy who was a client, a vocal client. This is many, many years ago. And he could play piano, all the stuff I couldn't do well, you know, understand. He could play piano and he could sing and he, and he wrote music like brilliant songs. Hmm. And I said, this is wonderful. And he was playing at a, he would do play at a church. But I'm thinking, you should be on a stage. You should be doing, taking this further. He goes, no, I don't want to do that. I go, why? He goes, no, no, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. He couldn't get to that next level. And then he said, here, I'll write some songs. I want you to do them. And he gave me two songs that I put on my very last album. And I said, because he wasn't going to record them. He wanted me to do it. I thought, what is that disconnect? Mm-hmm. I remembered he's just like me. Right. Where he couldn't accept this gift that he had and how brilliant he was and kept denying it. I did that from the time that I was right. 12 years old. It's not there. It's not me. And so when I saw that, I've seen it with so many clients, you know, over the years, right. this acceptance, this disbelief of who they are. So then I started saying, oh, I get this now. So I started shifting a little bit and I... I went and then created a program called, this started going, when I started moving in this direction in my life, I created a program called The Complete Artist. Because I said, when you are performing, if you are connected to what's authentic within you, then 
it's not going to be fake. It's not going right. to be all of that. And then your audience will respond. Yeah. And it, it, that was probably one of the most fun things that I did because I did a shooting in a theater. And I had these participants so they could explain things. So they would get up and do something. I said, okay, let's think about this in a new way now. Let's go back. Why are you doing this? What is the purpose of it? How does this connect to who you are? All of those things that questions, especially young people and artists, aren't asking themselves, mm-hmm. why, why am I doing this? And then you would see, right, you would see the differences because they would get up and perform something. Then we'd talk about it and I'd have all the people in the group um, chime in and all that. Then the person would take all that in and resonate and then they'd go back and do the performance again. Mm-hmm. It was a whole new ball game. Oh, I love that. I yeah. love that. I just, uh, my girls do pageants and I help some girls with their mindset. I help my girls with their mindset. But it, what you just said, I had this full on hour of conversation yesterday about they just want to see the authentic you mm-hmm. take the onion and peel all those layers and they will fall in love with what's inside. Not the little pretend thing that you're smiling and doing this dress. You would, they want to connect with you, your eyes and the love and that soul that's inside of you. I mean, I just but it's that same thing. I'm so glad you mentioned pageants. Because, I mean, this is different. I just want everybody to understand this because people have their judgments about pageants. No, I know. But I was a judge on a pageant. Every two years, I would go to Florida and do this. I was a judge on this uh, group called Pageants of America. And it was just the most brilliant experience because they weren't, they were judging on character. They were judging on something else. It wasn't just about looks. It was because they had to do other things and show us. Right. It was the most, (laughs) it was the greatest experience. Unfortunately, they stopped it, I think, because they probably got flack from other people from pageants and all of that sort of stuff, except this one was causing these women to become young women, I should say, to get in touch with who they were, to start to embrace themselves. And it was just such a wonderful experience when you get rid of all the other stuff that people think the pageant right, might have right. been about. You know? Yeah, my girls have been doing it since they were eight. Mm. And it was a postcard and it was me going, what? You know, the stereotypes. <laughs> but yes. it's been the best thing, Roger, that they yeah. could have ever done. And the confidence and That's they it. know who they are. Yeah. And the, the things they've had to do on stage that, you know, that is just going to take them to the next in life. Yes. I couldn't, those moments and Paige is getting ready to compete this weekend and, you know, getting ready for that mind and pulling out that authentic person mm-hmm. in there and pulling that who she is inside, not the, this facade, you know, in life where you walk and you're, you're trying to be this person that you have all these beliefs that people keep this wall that you've built that says, I'm this, and I'm this, and I'm this. I always say, take the wall off, kick the wall down and be this person inside that God made you. Like that's who they are going to fall in love with. They don't care about the, all the other things, layers out here. So yeah, I just, I resonate with you with that. Cause I just, oh, I want these people to just like shine, know who they truly are and what they ignites them. I'll give you something else because I got this through a, through a writing long, long, long time ago. And I hated receiving it though. <laughs> because <laughs> it's uncomfortable. It says the biggest irony in life is you go through your life attempting to be everyone else, trying to be all these other people that you see only to get to the end of your life and recognize that you are only trying to become yourself. Yeah, so, yeah. And that's the process. Yes, it is. Um, Can we end on, we have like 10 minutes. Do you mind? Yes. Are we, can we move on to Wilhelm and try to get to what Wilhelm has, where you're at now in your teachings? And that's a big part of your life. You're 72 now? Yes. 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 So to think of where you're at right now and, doing this amazing work and changing people's lives and opening their hearts and their minds to where we're going in this ascension, this new earth that we've, can we cover some of that? Absolutely. But I just loved, thank you for sharing that. (laughs) I feel your story because I just Mm -hmm. think you're adorable and I think you're amazing. Uh, Thank you so much. Okay. uh, One second. 
And we are ready to begin. We are so pleased we're here and we're so grateful that Ashley has brought us in because we had some important information to bring to you, especially at this time in your restructuring is what we've called it. Yes, it is an ascension journey that you all are on. It's an ascension for your planet. But we want you to understand that you're moving into a period now where it might be a little stressful for you. You might look at it that way, but it's so purposeful because you're attempting to bring in this new world and the way that you're going to do that is by bringing in the new you. Now, to help you with that, you're going to have some interactions with some others around you. It could be your family, your friends, or those who have been in your life for a really long time. They might start moving in a new direction, and you're moving in a new direction as well. What you're all meant to do is understand that all of your directions are necessary and worthy, and you're meant to figure out why your life is here at this planet on this time and what you're meant to bring in. See, because the more of you who do that, you will start to make your lives quite different. And you'll also end this particular time in your world in a much better, higher dimension of understanding and awareness. Now, we talked about the fifth dimension. You've all heard those things. What is that, the fifth dimension? It's where you think differently. It is a different awareness that you will develop where you understand your importance. You understand your worth and value and that you were here in this plan to bring in something that is new. You have to let go of all of the old stuff. This is a generational change that you all are moving through, which is why it's felt a little chaotic. But if you understand that you have to bring down, uncover the old, what didn't work, what didn't serve you as an individual, and what didn't serve your world and your society as a whole. And that is what is happening now. And we've given them different names. You'll hear many other things out there, but we've called it a restructuring because we want you to, to know this wasn't bad. Nothing you any of you did was bad. It's just that you needed some greater awareness to bring in something new that your world will sustain itself, that your planet will become the place that you all wanted it to become because we know that it's within you because you wanted to love yourself. And all the information that we give you is to that end. There's nothing more powerful that you could do than to decide to love yourself. It does require you moving through the old stuff, but when you decide to love yourself, you'll have a different life in a different world. And we love you all so much and thank you so much for listening to us. Can I ask you a question? Yes. Did we all choose from the soul level to come here at this time to help the ascension? Yes. You won't have memory. You'll have glimpses of that. You won't have a complete memory of that. None of you do. Then it would be pointless. If you knew everything before you came here, your life, would there would be no purpose to that. You came to evolve. You came to evolve from what was old before. This is how your world continually becomes more. And so the way that you do that is letting go of what everything that was there before and coming into something new. It's just that this time is different. This time there's energies that have happened in your planet for over eons that needed to shift, that needed to change. And this is what why you're all here. So your chronological age has nothing to do with your evolutionary journey. We want you all to understand that no matter if you're, you're not too young, you're not too old, you're on an evolutionary journey that is really valuable. But it has to happen when you move through the restrictions and limitations that have existed within you, and then your world would do the same. And this is, you say, a planetary ascension. Yes. And this is why we want you, there are generations of things that have occurred, and you're going to see so much more of it now, because there's an accumulation of energies that have happened over time that have not served the whole, that have not served Mother Earth or Gaia, however you think of it. And so there was an adjustment that needed to be made. You needed to bring in more of the feminine energy, you see, and your planets are helping you do that because they're shifting into another dimension, and you've been ruled, this planet of Pluto has had great influence over all of you. And so that's moving into a new place, and it's not quite there yet, so you have a little more work to do. However, when it moves into the into Aquarius, that's what you've all been waiting for, because that's when you come together. That's when you understand the value of you and understand the value of everyone else, and then you create a much different world. So we are moving into the age of Aquarius is what we can think of it as. Absolutely. Now, yes, and this is why you're going to be confused, because many of you think that there's going to be some great thing that happens all of a sudden. No, it doesn't happen that way. It's a gradual progression. 
but you're going to be aided by the energies of your planets because they're all moving in a new direction. Now, we must say that the next year will be a little bumpy because you have to let go of the old stuff. And not all of you are willing to do that. You're holding on to things that your ancestors did that didn't serve you. You have to move through those. And many of you are going to choose um, fear. And we're saying that because fear is when you think something's going wrong and it's not doing that. Or you're going to choose love. And that means that you're going to believe that something is becoming more. And that's what you are doing. Because when you love yourself, you're allowing yourself to evolve and bring in the greater wisdom and awareness that exists within all of you. But we do want to say, this is why we're bringing up the relationships, because you're going to see this. You are listening to us and many others will not. And many others will not understand that. So your job is going to be raise your consciousness above what they can see so that they might get an inkling of the beauty and love that exists within you. But it's going to benefit you more because you are the ones who came to help bring in a new world. Oh, thank you, Wilhelm. That was amazing. Thank you. And you don't remember anything? No. <laughs> Just, I mean, no, I get, oh, wow. No, I... <laughs> New World, I remember that at the very end. That's still there. Uh, uh, the rest of it, no. It'll, mm. it, yeah, it'll, it'll come back. That was the thing that was so challenging in the beginning when I was doing this because um, it would freak me out because I would do something and then come back and listen to it and go, how'd that happen? There was one time in a live session where someone was there and they brought up something after a session. I go, how did you know that? And they said, Wilhelm just said it. I hadn't. Wow. No memory. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, thank you for this hour of pure love. And I just am so grateful to have met you. I feel like, Uh, you know, like I would be, we could go hang out (laughs) up to LA and have coffee with you. Absolutely. That would be wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Uncover Your Magic podcast today. If you are inspired by what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. If you would like to connect with me with any questions, comments, or feedback, please contact me at the Uncover Your Magic website. Thank you so much for listening and don't forget, always look for the magic.